0: This is the Yob ConvoCast, one-on-one conversations with your other brother's authors, community members, supporters, and friends. What's up, friends, and welcome to the Yob ConvoCast Enneagram Edition, as we... Approach the halfway point. I think let's see eight nine one two. I think this is this is officially the episode that puts us over the hump as we talk about The Enneagram three which I've teased it or I've mentioned it in previous episodes. This is probably one of if not the most difficult episode to plan or prepare for because there's just not a lot of people to choose from like for whatever reason our community We'll dive into that a little bit maybe but not a lot of threes in our community And so I was thrilled when I when I put the bat signal out there, that one person responded. And it's really fun because throughout this series, you know, we're getting to talk to people that everyone listening has heard before on various Yobcasts or casts in the past. And that's been fun to go back to the well and talk to people that you guys are already familiar with. But a real joy of this series is getting to poke around our community and see who else is out there, who else wants to share some of their story. Um, during this Enneagram series, and so I'm really thrilled um, with today's guest, making his sort of debut, although not really. We're gonna dive into that um, as we talk to him. But Adam, welcome to the episode. Thank you for
1: coming on. Um, thank you so much for having me. I am so excited to talk about the Enneagram. I love the Enneagram. I love that there were very few people in the community that answered. That just means. More time for me, more attention on me, which is exactly what I want as a three. So that's perfect. I love being the, I love going solo. You know, I'm not, I'm not the kind to, to, to be in a boy band. I, I I like, I like (laughs) to be the center stage solo artist. I'm definitely the Beyonce. So very happy to be here. Perfect. Thanks for having me.
0: I was going to say, you're the, you're the Nile or the Harry or the, whoever else came out of one direction, but you went, you went straight to Beyonce. I I just
1: jumped to Beyonce. (laughs) Yeah.
0: Yeah, This is such a contrast. I teased it at the end of our two episode, but this is such a contrast from the two episode, which we got so much feedback from so many people and like novel length responses. It was a lot. It was a lot for me as an editor to like piece together. We didn't share everything on that episode, but contrast that with this episode where we have approximately one person who submitted feedback beyond yourself. And <laughs> people in our community will know who this person is because he's he's quite um, consistent in our community. He shows up to a lot of events. And so so I'm excited just to, to hear from him, but then also mostly to hear from you. Um, and as I teased at the beginning, this isn't actually your first appearance on a Yob podcast production. Do you want to do you wanna like pull the
1: curtain back and say who you are? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I I called into the Yab Line once, um, uh I guess a few months ago. I when was that? Was that in the fall? It was when y'all were talking a lot about like LGBT uh media mm-hmm. and LGBT representation in media. And that had just, it was a really fortuitous timing because when i when i did decide to call in and felt led to call in because y'all had been talking some about media and then right before i called in was right around the time that y'all were filming an episode literally on specifically representation in media and so the timing was perfect and um but i was yeah totally um i Adam isn't my real name. It's just, it's actually my best friend's name. And I just, he's straight actually. So I, I decided to drag mm. him into this. But um, yeah, I, I, I had to take that name at the time because I was asking about RuPaul's Drag Race and any like potential um, side B friends of mine who might listen to Yob. I, I was like worried about what they might think. The fact that I was like asking about drag race and um, because I, I like any side B community I do have in Athens is like tends to skew a little bit more conservative and is not super into anything like drag race or anything kind of, kind of out there like drag race. So I, I like used a, a pen name and yeah, so this is. But now I'm on an episode episode talking to you directly, which is so, so nice. I'm so happy to get to do this.
0: Yeah, there's there's so much to get into. And I don't want to spend too much time on getting to know you because, well, we're going to get to know you in the the Enneagram focused conversation we're about to have. But um, but yeah, I love that you called into the Yob line. So a shout out to the Yob line. You, you would recommend it 10 out of 10,
1: right? Call the Yob line. 10 out of 10. <laughs> would <laughs> definitely recommend it. But also yeah. I like, I can't answer that question any other way like you kind of set up my answer you didn't mm. you were like you would recommend it right and it's like the only thing you can say to that is right I mean of course I would recommend it but you're kind of like forcing me to recommend it which I yeah. don't really appreciate but you know in all sincerity I, I did really enjoy calling into the end. It was time.
0: awesome. And you, it was such a great question because we had a great conversation about Drag Race. Like I watched the really whole did. season. Yeah. I watched a whole season of the show because of you. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> I would have never, I would have never done that. So. Which, did you watch
1: All Stars 1?
0: I watched All Stars 1. I wanted to like I, get uh, the best of the best and see what this is all about. And that's what that, I, that's what that I
1: wanted. The best of the best was All Stars 2 though. You oh. needed to have someone in your life so it was more drag race <laughs> Maybe, yeah. literate. To tell you that, All-Stars 1 is like notoriously one of the worst seasons they've ever had.
0: Oh, dang. Because they
1: had a weird twist. Once they get to All-Stars 2, that's when they really figure it out. And All-Stars 2 is like one of the best seasons of television, well, there period. You go. It's like I
0: will, I will now take that recommendation because I, what, I liked what I saw. It wasn't like my favorite thing I've ever consumed on TV, but... Um, but I felt richer. As I said it on that episode, I feel richer for experiencing the drag world in a way that I have literally never seen before. So it was it was a, an enriching experience to watch that show. And, I'm so uh, glad I'll to hear that. that. In mind. I have to build up some stamina to, to, to withstand the sugar rush that is that show. But I will, yeah. I will give it another go. It's a lot. <laughs> um, you also mentioned Athens as you were sharing all that. Like, Athens, that is... That is a city.
1: A classic city. <laughs> the it's best a classic
0: city. city. A wonderful city. We share that in common that Athens, Georgia factors into our lives. Like what a, what a thing,
1: what a world. Yeah, it's, it was, I can't remember what episode, I wish I had done my research and found what episode, but I'm pretty sure it's, it was either on like a Yavalog or like on a main episode. And it was right around the time that Georgia had won the national championship. And you, or like they were about to be in the championship and you were totally not into it. I'm pretty sure you were actively rooting against your alma mater. That was so not cool. I, I've, like, I, I've listened to the podcast for a couple of years. Um, I, I've loved listening to the podcast for a couple of years and I've gotten so much out of it. It's been like a, like a spring of water in the wilderness. Like mm-hmm. I, it's, it's been so deeply refreshing to come across um, the your other brothers community and the podcast and to dive talk about all these things or to feel like I'm talking about it to hear conversations about things that I like don't get a chance to talk about much yeah in my day-to-day life um but and I've never been angry at you until that moment that was so <laughs> infuriating I'm so like, sorry gosh you Benedict Arnold.
0: As I recall, I don't think I actively cheered against Georgia, but I was admittedly very nonchalant about it. Like I was Exactly. Not. I didn't paint my face. I didn't I don't know that I even watched most of the game. I think I tuned in for maybe one of the quarters or something. So I don't know. It just wasn't it was I we, we're not diving into my story because this is about you. This is about the three. Um, As it should be. Maybe, maybe when I get to the fourth (laughs) episode, I can (laughs) share more about my angst that I have for the state of Georgia and the university of Georgia, but, um, anything else you want to share before we dive into this episode, um, about your life, you've, you've pieced together that you've been listening for a few years that you live in Athens, Georgia. Like what else, what else should we know about Adam? You like drag race. I like drag race. I like survivor even better. Um, that's right. We share survivor in common too. Big survivor
1: fan door survivor um what's your favorite survivor
0: season pearl islands survivor pearl islands it's is my, my pearl favorite.
1: islands it's a really good season definitely like top five top seven for me mm-hmm. um that's an incredible season with one of the absolute best winners
0: yeah we won't we won't name no the winner, spoilers of course great winner. <laughs> um, i'm like glad that. we would have trouble i would have trouble continuing this podcast if you had thrown shade at that winner i would have been very it
1: would oh have been difficult. no
0: it would have been they really difficult.
1: are <laughs> the definition of a legend. They are yeah. incredible
0: Survivor Pro Islands. Everyone, go out there. If you're gonna listen, so if you're gonna watch one Drag Race, watch All Stars Two. If you're gonna watch one Survivor, my opinion, go watch Survivor Pro Islands.
1: But that's, that's a really good that's recommendation, my, my, my and that'll get the like view, potential viewers into the rest of the show and yeah mm-hmm. that's a that's a really good starting point
0: well that's fun we share a lot in common we haven't met yet but we're we were talking before recording and we're possibly going to meet for the first time adam in a couple of weeks here as of this recording so that would be that would be lovely i can't i, I can't wait that.
1: i can scold you more about your betrayal of your hometown <laughs> you're gonna, you're your gonna help
0: me you're gonna help me redeem athens georgia that's that's what we're that's what we're going with so i'm excited i hope so that. Well, let's get into it. But yeah, I, oh, the ahead. only thing
1: I think I said about myself was that I liked Survivor. <laughs> but yeah, so I love Survivor.
0: Mm-hmm. Uh, that's that's I, a little lot.
1: more about myself. I, I'm an English teacher and I am a writer and a tutor. And I love good tea, especially if it's Harney and Sons. If you're going to go any tea, you need to have it, it needs to either be Harney and Sons or above. You can't like, Dive into tea with some like generic Kroger brand that's obnoxious, um, but I love good tea. Like lapsang souchong is probably my favorite kind of tea, or different kinds of oolong tea. I just love tea. I could drink tea all day long. I am drinking tea right now, and I I love Athens. I'm an Athens, a native Athenian, and lived here my entire life, and wouldn't trade it for anything. I am. The Georgia dad, as my sweatshirt says.
0: <laughs> you know, it's so crazy. It, it's so crazy to think that we probably were at McDonald's or I don't know, wherever you I was went. never
1: like, at McDonald's. Well, I, yeah,
0: somewhere. <laughs> we were somewhere within like walking distance or visual yeah. distance of each other at some point a decade crazy. or two ago. Like, it's pretty crazy to think about. It's weird so, to think about. Thank you for sharing. There's a lot of parallels. I'm excited to talk to you because you're like a more... um you come across as a more confident version of myself. <laughs> it's like, you're talking about being into survivor and English major or teaching English. And like, we have a lot of, we have a lot in common, including the place where we grew up. So that's, it's very interesting. I'm so excited to talk to you.
1: That's, that's actually something. So you, you've talked before about how maybe you don't identify as su- a super confident swaggering guy, I guess. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, so I, I attended. I also attended. I got more in, involved and engaged. I actually didn't know there was more to Yob beyond the um, beyond the like podcast until um, you guys a few months ago in the spring uh, advertised to talked about the uh, virtual retreat that you guys had created. Yeah. And I just decided like on a whim just to just to try it out randomly and ended up like loving it, like having having the time of my life and then getting more plugged into the community in just like a deeper way. But I I generally was so I like had been listening for a couple of years and I had heard y'all like mention stuff about formerly like a Facebook group and then like a, a Discord and I just kind of figured like it was any kind of further involvement. I, I just assumed it was like not all that like meaty or substantial or mm-hmm. or whatever. Like, I, that, but not, which isn't to say anything about my assumptions regarding Yob. It was just more of like my assumptions regarding like anything. You just automatically assume, oh, they're like advertising or talking about some like uh, way you can like sponsor or get more involved or whatever. So, of course, it's not going to be super substantial, super interesting. But found to my surprised that it was just there was like so much substantial um like real community at Yab, like in the discord and like so many people and like meeting people at the um at the retreat and like getting to have like real interesting conversations and like having like very substantial meaty weighty conversations with lots of side v guys from all kinds of different backgrounds and all different parts of the nation and world and um, it was so cool and I, I was so surprised and so I don't know if I actually didn't, mean, didn't plan on talking about this at all but if anyone is like me and is like want, you know in wanting deeper community and wanting more ways to like talk with other side B guys or like get engaged in more side B community you need to actually like get more plugged into the the Yamaverse and go to <laughs> Patreon and <laughs> Um, <laughs> go to, to patreon.com
0: slash your other bros and and, sign yeah, up and be like, and
1: get, get onto the discord because it's so cool
0: i appreciate that i appreciate the love of the virtual retreat i didn't even have to ask you like 10 out of 10 would you recommend the virtual retreat it seems like absolutely you would yes. you, you put it out there without me having to pry that from you so i appreciate yes. that yeah i got to meet you at the virtual retreat that's how i like first came to know and who you even were and, and you along with like three or four other people, like it was really cool. Cause we, we, I tried to, I tried to push the virtual retreat on the Yobcasts leading up to that event um several months ago now. And yeah, it was just it such worked. a delight, such a delight. Someone from one of my hometowns h- heard the call and joined like, what a fun, what a fun thing. And now you're, t- now we're talking about being an Enneagram three today. What a fun, you? what a journey it's been for you. Truly <laughs> so wild,
1: wild few months.
0: Literally. I love it. The Enneagram is so fun, you guys. It's not the be all end all, but it's been a very helpful tool in my journey. It seems like in Adam's journey as well as he knows what he's talking about. So um, so it's definitely one of many that we recommend. It's it's one that we found very helpful. And so I'm excited to, to talk about being an Enneagram 3 with Adam and getting to learn how he's wired. Um, Info from this episode comes from truity.com, also enneagramgift.com, so that's where a lot of the the info comes from. And then we also got one, count it, one person providing feedback um, in addition to Adam's feedback that he's about to share on this episode. So, um, So thank you to that yabber out there. We know who you are, and we love you, and we thank you for coming on to this episode. Let me introduce what the three is all about. And then we will dive into some of your story, Adam. So the three, they go by the achiever or the performer. Um, You'll notice like when you go to those pages that say, who are some notable threes? Like, I don't know how accurate those lists are, but oftentimes you'll see a lot of people like Beyonce to put a name out there or to like people who are superstars, whether they're singers, whether they're movie stars, whether they're athletes, um, you'll notice that there's a lot of threes listed. Um, It's people who generally, like the stage either literally or or metaphorically that's kind of what the threes thing is um and so that's that is one element of being a three and we'll, we'll fill in the cracks throughout our conversation today here's how truity yeah. describes the three threes are defined by their desire to be significant and to distinguish themselves through their achievements to others threes appear confident hmm, i wonder who said that <laughs> To some, some, threes appear confident, ambitious, and goal-oriented. They are unsure of their innate self-worth and look for validation through their accomplishments. Threes are typically very image-focused. It is important to them that others see them as successful. Um, And to put some stats out there, Truity's study, they've done this study of 54,000 respondents. Type threes make up 11% of their population, 10% being women, 12% being men. And you contrast that with the Yob audience, it's minuscule. It's about 2 to 3% <laughs> of people who have responded in our community. So it is one of, if not the lowest rung of the ladder, of the Enneagram ladder in our community. Um, for whatever reason, like I would love that. There's an abundance of fours, and that kind of annoys me if I'm just being blunt and honest. But <laughs> how, you you sound like you enjoy the fact that there's so few of you in our community. Yeah. Is that true?
1: There's definitely there's a little overlap with threes and fours in that, um, uh, we like to be unique or, you know, mm. the only, the only ones to an extent. Um, yeah. so I feel like that's some common ground. Um, yeah, I always like, uh, standing out in a crowd and it's easier to do that when there's no crowd. And I like how you said two to 3%, but weren't there really just two people who responded <laughs> me and one other person?
0: Yeah. I mean, we only had like 30, 30 to 50 people responded, yeah. So when you when you put it that way, it sounds a little more impressive if I say two to 3% versus one or two people. Like that's that's, that's another thing. But yeah, you're right, there's so few. That's interesting, the, the parallel between the three and the four in that regard. You know, so the threes, I was trying to figure this out because we're in the middle of the heart triad right now. These emotional types, twos, threes, and fours. And I was trying to figure out, like threes to me have always bit, felt like the... The stepchild in that mix, because all the twos and all the fours I know in my life, super emotional people, super sensitive for the most part, which isn't a bad thing. It's just this is just how they are. Very emotional, very sensitive, and it's not to say yeah. that threes don't have emotions, but it just feels like it hits different and it comes a different way. And the the yabber put this in a very interesting way with his feedback. Because so I wanted to hear how this lands with you, and he's he mm. here's how he put the heart triad. Um, He went above and beyond, of course he did, with his his responses. Of course, would expect nothing um, less. So yeah, I loved it, and I'm looking forward to talking to you too. But um, here's what he said. He said, I think the numbers in the heart triad, the twos, the threes, and the fours, are all trying to prove their value to themselves and everyone around them. They want to be noticed, they want to be appreciated, they want to be loved. Twos want to try to accomplish this by helping, threes try to accomplish it by performing, and fours try to show their worth through creating. I have this Mm. artesian well of energy for personal growth as a three. I want to look better, be smarter, make more friends, go to more places, and all the things. And that drive can be good, but the Enneagram has caused me to slow down and ask myself, is all this productivity really me just trying to become someone Worthy of love. Yeah. How does that land with you? Oh,
1: especially, I mean, all of it is that rings very true. Um, obviously, this person is incredibly competent and, and wise. Um, <laughs> I mean, there, he's a three, so he has that innately, but he's also a really cool person. Um, but yeah, especially that part about having a huge drive for like growth and like self improvement. I'm like very wired that way as well. Um, yeah, actually, constantly focusing on that and thinking about how I can prove and being in the emotions triad and actually like being the center of the emotions triad. Um,
0: yeah. The heart, the heart. Yeah. Of the heart.
1: <laughs> Cause even my wing or anyone's wings are like also heart based that you can't get mm-hmm. away from it. Um, I feel like in terms, I just, I just to address like what you said about Threes, you know, not being as in touch with their feelings or not being as deeply emotional or emotive as twos and fours, which I would agree insofar as like, it's not as on their sleeve. When it comes to emotions for me and feelings, I, I there is like a, a deep well of emotion, but it's just very easy for me to kind of like chuck my emotions to the side or like, or repress or suppress my emotions um in order to like for the sake of productivity or for the sake of like being successful or getting success or like getting the job done and um i there are i do feel like i am similar to threes are similar to twos and fours and that there is like a, a lot of emotion and we're very like can tend to be a very emotionally driven but um it's just kind of i think not as on the surface. And it's very easy for threes to like tamp that down and push that down. And, um, especially for like either very stressed threes or threes who haven't like done as much soul searching or focusing on growth and, um, and maturity. I think you can find a lot of them who like aren't in touch with their feelings at all, but for like Mm -hmm. threes, as they start to get healthier I think they just have to like work a little harder to sort through and try to decipher and discern and understand like all the emotions that they've, they're so easily able to like tamp down and all the emotions that are kind of bubbling under the surface. Um, so yeah, I, I I find it hard to sometimes figure out what I'm feeling and oftentimes like I'm able to, some, some feeling comes up and I have to just be very, careful and very intentional to like try to examine that feeling and hold that feeling gently and work actively to not like set that aside for the sake of hard work which is what the Enneagram prompts you to do and like encourages you to do um, and which is what like knowledge of the Enneagram can like help lead you to do to be like increasingly introspective and trying to discern through your emotions and all that
0: yeah so much so much there um motivations of a three um there's a motivation for attention a need for attention and admiration um threes strive to be successful and to feel significant to avoid feeling worthless how do you see that manifesting in those in those ways with masculinity with sexuality um and how you connect with other men
1: well first of all being a a three in the church is like the absolute worst to some respect um, insofar as it's so many of the qualities of the attributes of being a three are like the complete opposite of everything that the church, church tries to teach you to be. Everything that is, in some cases seems to be like very um, oppositional to even like the example of Christ in terms of Christ being like just the picture of humility and grace and a lot of the attributes of threes, like a lot of like a core motivation being like a drive to be given attention and to be viewed as like successful and significant. And like on top of that, a lot of the qualities you'll see mentioned in Trudy and elsewhere, they'll often describe threes as like, you well, know, the the like picture people get of threes is that threes are vain and ambitious and proud and like works-based strivers and super competitive and not in touch with their emotions. And that's like, so that's like the exact opposite of everything, all the qualities you want to have in the church or all the qualities Mm -hmm. that, yeah, the youth, the youth pastor is trying to encourage you to have. And so when I was first, I, I worked at a christian college ministry for several years and i loved it and that was where i first um learned about the enneagram like it was very like it was used in different like uh training materials and teaching materials for the staff and it was also just became like very fun for everyone to talk about all the time and they're constantly asking These deeply probing personal questions of like, you know, what's your number? What's your Instagram number? When it's like, (laughs) I that's that's a deeply private and personal question. And that's that like that you're touching at like a deep part of who I am. And that's really not your business. That's like that's something I can share if I offer it to, if I Mm -hmm. offer to share it, or if like you're a very close friend. That's not just something you ask like very casually. But at the time in that culture. Everyone, all the staff, all the interns, they were all doing that. They're all asking like, what's your Enneagram number? And they're all like learning about it. And I had a, um, uh, a roommate for a couple of years who was even an Enneagram coach and people were super into it in a very helpful, cool way. Um, but it, it just felt so deeply uncomfortable. Um, like I had, I had worked and curated a, like I'd made all these incredible first impressions. And I had such a, uh, I had curated a really good reputation in the, in this like community. And then for like a year in for all these people to like know in a, in a second that just like how deeply self-conscious I am and how image conscious and how like um, also it's like in some circles, people will talk about how the chief like sin of, or like chief like sin struggle of the um of the enneagram three can tend to be like deceit Mm. and so for people to like know all this about myself and for people to have previously thought that i was like super humble and gracious and then to just immediately be like oh but he's a three and everyone is so surprised to hear that i was a three because i'd like it's not cool it's it wasn't like that's not the successful image you cultivate in the church or in christian community like the successful imager you cultivate is like a two or a, who is like very helpful and serving or like a one who is very principled and moral and or like a four who's very self like in touch with their emotions and like emotionally sensitive or like a seven who's very fun and um light and um but like a three is like everything you don't want to be like, you don't want to be a three and you don't want to be an eight in the church. And so for people to like instantly not, never tell me, of course, this is what they're thinking, but for the, me to be suddenly aware that they could now they had all this other information that I'd like been like trying to keep from them or like hold back was just so deeply uncomfortable. Um, I hated it. It's, it's terrible being a three in the church. Yeah.
0: That's so interesting because that is that is a perspective. I'm so grateful already for this conversation because I haven't connected with many threes. Like it's it's not like high on my list as far as numbers that I'm super familiar with. And so even you just sharing that, it almost sounds almost kind of like a scarlet number, not like a scarlet letter, but like a scarlet number. Because um, I totally get what you're saying about humility and Jesus. Jesus constantly shrinking back and disappearing from the crowd, like very rarely uh. like becoming the center of attention. And so like that's... That's an interesting perspective that I've never thought about before with how you would fit into the church. And then I imagine, you know, subsets of the church of like fitting in um, with your sexuality. And like, I could see how that um, could be a very isolating thing where the Enneagram might feel weaponized. Like that's kind of something that I definitely push back against. Like if you're using the Enneagram to put someone in a box and then to not get to know them or not get to expand, you know, to expand the box. Like I think that's, that's obviously not a good thing. And so... Um, Yeah. What an interesting perspective.
1: Yeah. Thankfully, it's just important to, if you're ever diving into the Enneagram, it's just important to have like um, people who can lead you into it well. And thankfully that was true of like my community at the time. And that's true of like what you're doing here with Yob. And um, so I think people can have like, they, they can resist putting people in a box if they're like guided through the Enneagram well. And that's why it's important to also like do a lot of really good reading and taking up people on their recommended reading and use utilize all these resources like Trudy to like have like a deeper more nuanced understanding but um to go back to the core motivations and how i uh you know connect with how that connects to my sexuality gender identity and stuff um i so the core motivation of like a need for attention and admiration strive to be successful and significant without to avoid feeling worthless I very much resonate with that. Um, I the one thing I think I would tweak or like add that I think is really important is that i we are really motivated to kind of to feel worthy of receiving love. And so it feels like we have to be good enough to receive love or we have to be impressive enough. So like we have there it like very much lends uh, lends towards. A, 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 a kind of a mindset of like a very work based mindset or it lends its, its towards like Enneagram 3 is really striving and trying to go after um, earning or feeling like, um, like they have to be successful or good enough uh, or impressive enough to like be worthy of receiving love. I would say that's a really deep part of what like, what Enneagram threes are motivated by, and that's like been a deep part of my experience navigating the world as an Enneagram three.
0: Yeah, thank you for expanding that that uh, that definition, that motivation there. Um, switching gears to fear, let's get let's go to the deep end. Let's let's go there. Um, the fears of the Enneagram three threes fear being insignificant or a failure. To cope with this fear, they look for ways to win in life, reassuring themselves that they are valuable. Um, Let me read the feedback on this and then feel free to chime in if it lands with you too, or if you have more to share. Um, Here's the feedback again from our one Enneagram three out there. Thank you. Um, He said this, I think my personality type greatly affected my ability to come to terms with my sexuality. I stayed in the closet until I almost suffocated in there. And when I finally came out to myself, I could not imagine telling anyone else. In my mind back then to admit it would have been to admit failure. Everyone in my family and church had such big dreams for me. What about my wife and kids and Honda minivan? What about a ministry career? What about my pride? I could hear everyone saying, well, he gave life his best shot, but ended up as a big flaming failure. Sounds dramatic, right? It took years for me to gradually begin the process of letting go of the shame I felt about being gay.
1: Mm. Oh, yeah. I mean, that. I, I, don't, I don't know what the statistics are. In, I think mean, that'd be interesting to know. I, I don't think you could obtain this information, but I don't know what the statistics are when it comes to like the larger side B community and how many Enneagram threes are in it. But I would imagine that if it is similar to the YAB community and that threes are minority, I would imagine that the explanation for that have to do with like the threes' deepest fears and like the deepest struggles of the three. Because on the one hand, um, like if, if this were true, this is just, you know, mm-hmm. uh, uh, hypothesizing. Um, but if it were true, then um, like coming up, piggybacking off of what he was saying, like uh, and, and adding and thinking of like other other areas of, of what it means to be a three other parts of our experience. Um, the perception of other people is very, very important and is kind of tied to this deep fear of, looking like a failure. And in all honesty, it's, it's hard. It's a very hard thing for anyone to be side B and to navigate the world. Um, because it's like, there's no kind of winning with most people. Like you either have people who are, you know, gay and not in the church or like uh, gay affirming and not in the church and, or in the church and like, think you're just being sex negative or think you're just like, um, you know, policing other people, how they have to live their life and that you're super repressed and you know, that's not, it's not a cool thing to be side B outside of the church and it's not a cool thing to be or an acceptable thing to be side B for in the church in most spaces, in most parts of the world. And so there's kind of like no winning. And so like you're kind of to be, to embrace being, side B for with most people you're you're set up to lose and you're set up to look like a failure in most people's eyes and so that's a really hard thing for anyone to stomach but for threes especially that like taps into something very deep and very intense and very hard and scary yeah and with threes like um I think a lot of threes like with him talking about like living in the closet for so long, I think uh, a lot of threes um, we're good at like repressing our feelings or lying to ourselves. And we're really skilled, honestly, at like keeping up appearances. So sometimes like growing up, like I was an incredible liar. Like I would lie about um, the tiniest things just to manage like my mom's perception of me and other people's perception of me. And I, that's something I like really struggled with and had a lot of guilt at the time and shame at the time. And I've had to like work through to like mature and grow in that area to embrace sometimes like being willing to put forward like the really hard, raw truth that like, doesn't look very good sometimes. Um, and that will might make me look like a failure to other people. And yeah, I, I, I uh and I that's even true to my own experience of sometimes encountering other like geek guys out in the world. Like when I worked at the college ministry, um it was very centered around like discipleship and mentoring of like college age guys. And um a good friend of mine who was also was just like discipling this one guy and he like wasn't specific and didn't tell me who it was, but like I was immediately able to figure out like who it was and was talking about how like he had just now like kind of admitted to himself that like he he was gay and that he had those feelings and that attraction Uh, and then this mentor was like trying to walk him through it and trying to you know like be a safe person for him but then this guy just like immediately kind of like went back in the closet and was like yeah i'm not gonna like unpack this and i'm not going to like like explore this anymore and he just ended up like going out and moving on and just kind of like throwing himself into his career. And he's like successful and like national and like the music industry right now. And I feel like you hear and see, and, and there are a lot of unseen stories of threes in the closet. I think for some of these reasons,
0: I can totally see. Yeah. I can totally see why you wouldn't see many threes in our community or in the greater side of the world. Like I, 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 yeah. I can totally track with that of like people who find the closet just a more comfortable place to be maybe more than others and um, yeah. to put yourself out there into a no win like that spoke to me i'm not a 3 but i like i feel that i feel like i'm on a on a losing team all the time like you can't win with christians and you can't win um with the greater lgbt community or the world so to speak so it's just like yeah where's where's home where is where's the winning team like i i can imagine right. that would be devastating and crippling for yeah. some
1: it just takes a lot of dying to self, which we're called to do regardless. Absolutely. But related to, too, to that deep fear of, like, being insignificant, of being a failure, um, that just, it, in terms of, like, how I navigate life with other guys and life in community, um, either, like, straight or gay or whatever, um, vulnerability is, like, such a hard thing. Um, which is, and that's also makes me feel very kind of set apart also like set different from the community, but also very much a part of the community, the side B community. Um, because, uh, but on the one hand, it seems like they, our community is just so centered around, that's like the cornerstone of our community is like being vulnerable with one another. Um, but that's still, but, all, but you still see a lot of, Side would be guys like growing up in the closet and still struggling being vulnerable. Um, and so it's like also the I can relate to, but, um, yeah, vulnerability is so deeply difficult. Um, always, that's something I am constantly having to work on. Like I, um, I didn't even, I, I, I was totally self-reliant growing up. Like I partly because of being in the closet, mostly I think having to do with just like a difficult family situation growing up. Which a lot of, if not most of Side B guys can relate to, but yeah, to be totally self reliant, and um, I, for me, growing up, like knowing the Lord at a young age, it, I always ever viewed it as it's just me and the Lord, and I don't need anyone else. And if anything, it's I, I was like in a position to where I was constantly kind of thrust into like a leadership capacity um, like any small group I would be in where I would never be vulnerable with growing up, like in the church, like I would end up leading it and something like basically taking over. And I like had a very, I I love what you'll see with a lot of healthier threes or threes as they grow and start to grow mature. Like you'll see a lot of them like pour a lot of their energies into like mentoring and like, uh, encouraging other people and discipleship. And that's and that is absolutely. Like one of my absolute favorite things and like greatest passions. And, um, but it was dangerous to be wired that way. And to also like, yeah, be kind of precocious with like my knowledge of scripture and like my experience with God from an early age, because I got to be very self-reliant and, and really was seeing myself grow in my spiritual walk and was seeing like how I was able to navigate and like pour out and like a leadership capacity. And I like really deeply believed in a very real, like explicit way growing up that I didn't need community. I didn't need to share. I didn't need to be vulnerable about any struggles. Like I only had to, like if I was ever dealing with anything, I would just bring it to God. I would fix it. I would figure it out. And then I would just like reemerge back into the world. And um, making sure that like everyone knew that nothing was wrong and that I was perfect, basically, and, and not struggling with anything. Um, but that uh, just obviously really came to um, to bite me, and I so I didn't, I didn't um, even like start to open up even about like my struggles with like porn and lust. Growing up, even until like I was almost I was like out of college. Essentially, it was like my first year of post grad, which was when I was finally opened up about like, hey, I'm like struggling with porn, and I would like never shared that with a soul beforehand. And um, then finally, like a year, like I I didn't voluntarily come out of the closet to anyone for another like until just like a few years ago. Um, And so like. I've always felt in my adult years, I felt like way behind the ball game when it comes to other people and when it comes to my capacity to be vulnerable. Like that's just something I'm like just now getting around to. And like just now, like even just like the last five to seven years have only now begun to really become open to vulnerability and to dive into vulnerability because it's such a deeply painful thing for everyone. But for threes, it feels so closely related to like, if you're going to share anything messy or ugly or bad about yourself, it just feels like world ending. It feels like, oh, if anyone is going to see the uglier sides, the like not put together, the not incredible dazzling, like excelling sides of you, then you're not going to be, then they'll just leave you. And there's like a fear that they'll leave you. And that, like, you won't, you'll prove that, like, you're not worthy of love. And this is also where I struggle kind of with the definition, part, something in the definition of being a three, they, they mentioned something about, like, being unsure of your self-worth. It's like, I kind of agree and I kind of don't, because on the one hand, I, like, I know I'm an incredible person and I've, I've always believed that about myself. Um, which is an incredible thing and which is a gift and a positive thing and something that like, I want to give to other people too, to like know your worth and to like really believe and celebrate that and to have confidence in in the incredible person that you are and that God made you to be. But also there is the other piece of it to where it feels kind of like my self-worth sometimes does also feel a little bit tied to whether people view me as a success or not. And so it's, it's, this weird like when I was younger, I used to um, struggle with feeling like I was an egomaniac. I, I, that was like li- the literal, like the actual word I thought to myself. And I, I was like, are you an egomaniac? Are you a megalomaniac? Um, like I learned that um, uh, SAT vocabulary word and it just really resonated with me. And I, I was like scared because I, I was like, well, gosh, you like are constantly thinking how incredible you are. And that seems very opposed to like the example of Jesus and the things we're supposed to do in the church. And yet, like it it just was related to part of being a three because it goes back to like that deep need for affirmation and that deep need for attention and for other people to view us as, um, like successful or worthy just as we are. Um, uh even putting our accomplishments aside and regardless of how much like self-confidence we do have
0: well i just want to applaud your vulnerability as you're talking about how because this is like so interesting coming from the four perspective which again i'm holding back i'm holding back my four perspective because the fours love like we love the vulnerability we love the darkness we love like let's go there let's and so um i can see how though from the three perspective of wanting to show the highlight reel, like show the highlight reel, don't show the the bloopers, like you don't want to see that. And um, yeah. I can see, it's just really interesting. I'm, I'm excited to, to talk more about your growth path and what growth has looked like for you as yeah. a three. But before we get to growth, we have to go to stress. Um, threes and stress, the, the further we go on this series, it's fun because we can call back to other types that we've had conversations with. So threes and stress go to nine, which is the peacemaker. Um, And here's how that goes. (laughs) During periods of stress, threes will take on qualities of nines, it will cause them to lose energy, in turn, losing motivation. They will begin to busy themselves with busy work rather than working on something productive. Um, And here's what our feedback was on going to stress, going into nine territory. Um, He said this, if I feel overwhelmed by a task, I will often turn my attention to other less challenging or pressing matters just to get a productivity hit, quote unquote, that I hope will provide the motivation I need to face the more difficult matter at hand. But most threes only play the games they know they can win. If I sense the slightest potential for failure, I will not even try. To take a risk is to risk losing, and that's not a good look. So the work I've had to do involves reminding myself that I am more than my accomplishments. I am worthy of love and acceptance, even if I fail. That's what I think threes need to hear from the people who love them. You are accomplishing so much, but I will love you even if you fail. And we definitely hear that life-giving message in the gospel. God knows every one of my failures, every scar I try to hide from others. He sees behind the masks I wear and still loves me. And I find the ability to move toward growth and security when I remind myself that I am fully known and fully loved by him. So he started, he, he started going to the, the redeeming aspect of that. He, I noticed that in his three-ish response, but oh um, yeah. yeah, how does that, how does that sit with you as a three in your times of stress, losing motivation um, in your life?
1: Yeah. I mean, yeah. What he said deeply resonates and that, that like goes to the core of it. I think, and what he said about what a three needs to hear—that is like that touches at like I think the core of like who we are and like our deepest struggles and um, deepest fears. So that's that's absolutely huge. Um, it's it's very hard as a three to like because vulnerability is so hard. It's also just hard to to put like the messy untruth and just like leave it there and not like tie a bow around it or talk about show point pointed in like an upward trajectory or show how like God is going to redeem it or has redeemed it. And so to try to do that when it comes to myself and my struggle, struggle with stress, um, I, so it's, I'm so, or, threes are so oriented towards growth and always going, going, going and just have so much energy towards growth and improvement and just like trying to achieve success and we can be very work focused that, um, for me in stress, well, it's just all, all, all the time. It's very difficult for me to ever get a hold of any kind of rest. And it's very difficult for me to like slow down my brain and to like detach myself from that like work focused workhorse mentality which on the one hand is it can be a helpful thing in that like I I can be threes can be very resilient and we can you know just like push our emotions aside to get the job done and we're just always going 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 and we are very um like we'll get we'll get whatever done that we need to get done all the time but um On the other hand, like that, it's hard to turn that off. And so in stress, I find myself when I get overwhelmed by something, when I feel like when basically when I pushed my body to like the breaking point and I just can't like do it anymore, um, I, I find myself just like checking out and looking like some of the less mature parts of nine by definitely being lazy by really checking out and disengaging and, um, just like kind of collapsing in on myself and just, uh, you know, turning on TV and just like numbing out. Um, and then as soon as I have to be public facing again, just immediately turning that back on, no matter how I'm feeling, just immediately finding like a well of energy to almost like as a survival mechanism to avoid failure in any public arena at all. And so that's definitely uh, a struggle that I I still have today. Like I, I still don't know how to turn off my brain to and turn off that this drive to get like real rest.
0: You know you're like the epitome like there's there's some there have been some conversations out there in the podcast universe about like what different countries identify as on the enneagram and so like i've heard it said that america is such a three country which is so performance based like work the most hours work overtime don't take your vacation like we don't take our vacation time in america compared to other countries it's ridiculous like yeah to me as you were sharing that it was just like i think that's like such a snapshot um, of the American quote-unquote the American dream or the American life um, which there's a lot Don't to be I'm not going to hate on America but like there's a lot there's a dark side to America for sure there are lots of dark oh, sides yeah. and I think the overworking yeah. not valuing rest and particularly as believers like how many times do we see Jesus retreating resting like intentionally right. turning off what he was doing I mean I think you know, that's such a, an example of, of rest. And this isn't me shaming you, of course, but this is like, I have to rest too, I've had to learn that practice of, of Sabbath and of, and of rest, because that is, um, it's not something that you hear. I feel like you don't hear a lot of in, in the American church. I don't know how the how it is in churches around the world. Um, but I mean, I think that that value of rest is so, is so huge for times of stress.
1: Yeah, I, I agree. And I do see that about myself, that there are like, those American qualities. And that is very, and I, I don't ever take vacations, but that's also so annoying. To be compared to America. Like that's not cool. That's not glamorous or exciting <laughs> or interesting. So that's sorry that's also you that's like America. the worst thing you could have said.
0: That might be that might be what I titled the episode, Adam is America.
1: <laughs> no, no. I don't know.
0: No. We'll see. Oh we'll see. We'll come up with a, a more attractive a more attractive <laughs> uh, title. Um but breathe, we won't stay in stress. That. We'll make the change. We'll make the change to security um threes and security go to six which we haven't had that conversation yet we'll get to the six conversation but sixes are the loyalists of the enneagram and here's what that means during periods of growth and security threes will begin to take on qualities of sixes they will begin to be warmer individuals closer in touch with their emotions they will start to act stronger towards the desire to connect with loved ones threes will want to do what is best for the group Um, Mm. Here's our feedback on going toward the sixth path of growth. He said this, As the Enneagram has helped me know myself better, I've come to see all the ways that I have been unaware of so many of my own emotions and motivations. I never took the time to examine them before. It seemed like a waste of time. But I've come to see the great value of asking myself questions like, How do I feel after spending time with this person or these people? Why am I making this decision? Am I just trying to impress someone? I'm experiencing a strong emotion right now. Is there some deeper reason for it than the matter at hand? Am I interacting sincerely with others or am I just trying to sell myself to them? Over the past few years, I've gradually opened up to lifelong friends about my sexuality and they have been amazingly supportive. But it was difficult for me to want to take off my quote unquote heterosexual mask because I'd worn it for so long. It was comfortable, it felt safe. And I was so scared that people would reject me without it. But I found that allowing myself to appear weak and imperfect did not create a distance in my relationships, but rather the opposite. My vulnerability seemed to invite a new level of closeness and intimacy and trust. Friends have begun to say things to me, to open up to me in ways they never did before. I avoided the subject for so many years for fear of rejection. But in confession and honesty, I have found what I was searching for all along acceptance and like Mm -hmm. what he was saying about vulnerability it's like such a, a great continuation from what you were sharing earlier about vulnerability about how scary and how intimidating daunting it is um to see that on the like again we'll get there when we get to the the six conversation but sixes are just incredible friends like they are so they're called the loyalists like what a great name they're like the the golden retriever of the of the enneagram and it's just like for, for threes to get to that point where they can drop the mask, the facade, the deceit to use that, to use that Enneagram terminology. Um, Like I know easier said than done, but it's a beautiful thing when
1: it happens. Yeah, that is really beautiful. And he he said that really beautifully. Um, Yeah. That's, that's the other, that's definitely the flip side of um, what I was saying earlier about vulnerability being so difficult. Um, So uh, yeah, I, uh, I, with with like moving towards a six and like being finding seeing more six like qualities of like loyalty and security and like being very uh others focused and centered around like the good of the group um as soon as i left um as soon as i was about to leave the college ministry i was working for for a few years i felt like the lord was like really encouraging me to focus On like I I realized that all of my relationships were very ministry focused and they were very like one-sided. They were all about me pouring into all of these guys. I was like discipling or mentoring, or you just even with even peers, it was just all about me like pouring into them and asking them questions and making them feel good. And um, and yet I, I felt like the Lord was encouraging me to like focus on like engaging in very six likes behavior of really investing in and creating and cultivating like a very, uh, core group and like an inner circle and really like investing in a few guys where the relationship went both ways. And yeah, I saw more growth in that. And from focusing in that, that area where the Lord led me to focus in than I've like ever before in my life. And I started a small group. So I started a small group of just a few other guys I knew, and I started actually with an eight, which is like a very typical enneagram thing for like a uh, a um, three and an eight to team up to yeah. create something together. Incredible. I I adore eights. I they're like some of my favorite people. Some of my closest friends are eights, um, uh, and I, any the eights are like the perfect people to work with. Anytime a three and an eight is a working together to create something, uh, it's just they're my favorite people to work with. I love it. And we created a small group and I I got to see exactly what he was describing with like, even though vulnerability is still incredibly difficult for me as I just focus really diligently on ever becoming more and more and more vulnerable and opening up about more and more stuff. And it was like to those guys who I like first came out of the closet to, And uh, um, still some of my very closest friends even today yeah, like I've just seen so much growth and like peace and things settling in my heart and more openness and more ability to be vulnerable. And even though it's, it's definitely still a struggle, it, um, like actually it's vulnerability is still such a struggle that like one time I had a, um, one time I was at my house and I was do I was in like a, a place of stress and I was doing like a nine kind of like, I, I was just checking out and really having a hard time. And um, my, my apartment was super messy and I got a knock on my door and I was pretty sure it was from like one of my closest friends. And I was like, so incapable of like, even though I knew I, I was convinced it was like one of my best friends, that vulnerability was so deeply difficult in that moment that it felt like a mental block. Like I literally couldn't get up off the couch and like go answer the door because i couldn't let him see like my messy apartment and my struggling um and yet like with with the six like growth and with like growing and vulnerability and 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 growing in community um I, i've seen even stuff like that like get you know start to get healed and start to change yeah
0: well, I appreciate, yeah, you just sharing everything that you've shared in this episode. It's been really illuminating for me, again, for someone who doesn't know a ton about threes, certainly in comparison to other numbers. Um, before we go, I want to read the If You Love a Three segment. These are one of my favorite segments of the episodes because um, these are ways, supposedly, that we can love you better. And if, if something sounds off, um, feel free to call it out. But if you want to add to it as well, if you can think of things that would... Um, that are good, that are good for you to receive love, um, please let us know. So here's, here's what they say. If you love a three, remember that though they show a rather tough facade, they do deeply desire a very close and loyal bond, specifically with you. This is because most of the time in the life of the three, they either had an overabundance of nurture or their nurturing bonds were vastly lacking. In either case, they have a strong sense of lacking or need that they're trying to fill in order to feel safe. When a three doesn't get their needs met from their partner or from a friend, they may turn to a form of deceit to get their needs met. However, when they begin to get self-care and realize that they are loved no matter what they do, they do an amazing job of speaking the truth in love and leading a fine team both at home and at work. Encourage your three to find their inner beloved, remind them to speak the truth in love, encourage them to apologize after being harsh, and try to give them space and permission to access sad feelings for a few minutes. Remember, they need to feel safe before they can release the truth and improve their intimacy and closeness with you.
1: Mm. This is like doing this. It, it, it's it's the best and the absolute worst thing because just even hearing that, it's it's so exposing and uncomfortable mm. and it makes me feel so weak and vulnerable which makes me feel incredibly uncomfortable but it's also so like doing this and and being vulnerable in this podcast is absolutely miserable and extremely (laughs) difficult and like my face has been flushed like sharing all this stuff
0: you've had a great time here today haven't you
1: (laughs) well on on the other hand it's also like the very best thing because i have had a great time because i've gotten all this attention and i i love it so it's like it's, it's like your, your favorite thing. It's the carrot and the stick at the exact same moment. And it's very confusing Mm. emotionally. Um, but I, I actually would add a few things to how to love threes. These are, these are a few very practical things. Um, okay. One, always give a three advance notice, give them time to prepare. Don't surprise them with a gift or I mean, I, I just, just don't surprise me, especially if you're inviting me to an event, like, let me know who else will be there so I can prepare. Like I, I, I don't know if that's totally universal, but I feel like there, there's something is in just being a three and being very image based and and success oriented and like being equipped and adept at navigating public spaces, but also like, just don't. I, it's so uncomfortable when people spring things on me, or like when they, when people will try to throw like a party for me, and uh, uh, Local will potentially invite like other, like multiple of my friend groups. It's like, no, just like, just don't surprise me. Or if, if you're going to do something for me, give me advance notice so I can prepare myself mentally and let me know who's going to be there. Um, I definitely yeah don't hold back on affirmations like I, a three I think they they I think they can come off as a bit prideful and like when I was younger I did worry that I was an egomaniac because I was constantly like hyping myself up uh, myself up and being like oh I'm so incredible I'm so talented and but that's just because I have such a deep need and three such a deep need for affirmation that like if they're not going to get that from someone else they're just going to try to get that for themselves in any way they can, even if it's just like trying to engage in positive self-talk. So help a three out. Definitely don't hold back on any affirmation, no matter how like confident and self-assured they may come across as. Mm. Um, also, definitely, if you have a really good friend who's a three, I think it's really important that you trust your intuition if you think they're not doing okay, like question them because a three is really good at saying the right thing. And if I'm not okay, I really don't want most people to know that. And so I'll know how to say the right thing to get you to not follow up. Like, Mm -hmm. but it's important. I think as a friend to a three, and this is what I do even as a friend to other threes in my life, like I question them and I like interrogate them and I trust my intuition. If I feel that like, no, actually I don't think they're okay. Like I've one of my best friends is a three he, the other weekend he ran a marathon and he collapsed and he was hospitalized and it was really scary. And it was like a really real health scare. And he's like a very healthy person. So it was really shocking. Um, but, and he literally went to the hospital, but this is such a typical three thing that like three days later he was like, no, I'm good to go. Like I fully processed it. I like, I took a day to process and I'm good to go. And and he was like leading this small group I was in and doing all this stuff. And, and all these other people in the, and all these other guys in the small group were like, yeah, I'm glad you're doing okay. And I was just like, man, like he is not doing okay. And I like kept questioning him and I was like, I know you're not doing okay. Even if you're not, if you don't, even if you don't realize it yourself. And sure enough, he like, because we're really close, like he texted me and took the initiative and uh, like a few days ago and was like, hey. I'm not okay. And I was like, I know that. And it's important for like any three friend in your life to like trust their intuition, not let them like say the right thing and redirect you, but like really push, um, be direct. And,
0: um, I think that I think that's good because I think especially a lot of people in our audience threes are not can resonate with that statement of saying I'm fine or I'm not struggling because we've been trained in the church to just squelch Again, talking about America, the American church, not sure how it's done in other parts of the world, but um, (laughs) I think in America, it's like present your best self, like wear your Sunday best, both literally, physically and um, emotionally, metaphorically. And so I think uh, the, the I'm fine excuse or the I'm fine answer, which is so like ingrained in American, especially American Christian culture, like, how are you doing? Oh, I'm fine. I'm doing great. Um, yeah. I think that's a great, that's a great piece of advice for, for lots of people, but particularly with the threes. I love, I love that. That's so insightful. It makes Good. total sense to me. I appreciate Adam. Just like, I feel like you and I could probably talk for hours about all this stuff. Cause you, you clearly have a passion for it. You, you've enjoyed, <laughs> I, you enjoy learning about yourself and about how to grow, whether for whatever reasons, I just enjoyed it. It was so great to talk to you. I hope, I hope, you know, you've been on a Yab podcast production twice now, and I hope there's a third time out there in the future that would be that would be really fun
1: don't tease me with that. You know, I would love that.
0: <laughs> <laughs> we'll see. We'll see what, what opportunities are afforded in the future. But you know, you're welcome to call the Yab line again anytime. You got you got a free... Definitely. F- put, us, put us on speed dial. We would love to hear
1: to hear from you again. <laughs> Thanks, Tom.
0: You know, I haven't been saying this through our, our Enneagram series, but if you're out there listening, if you identify as a three, or if you have some three insights, like if you have some threes in your life, please go over to our blog, um, yourotherbrothers.com slash podcast, um, find the episode 3, not the episode 3, the episode on type 3, ConvoCast episode, um, and post under the comments. We love getting comments over there, so if that's if that appeals to you. And for any of the other types we've talked about from types 8 to 2 at this point, um, if you have something to say, we want to say it. We want you to say it and we want to respond to it. So I um, appreciate those of you guys who have been commenting on our website um, stay tuned next week. This is this is the one, you guys. This is the episode. This whole series has been built in, <laughs> building towards where we talk to an Enneagram four, where I finally get to speak my piece. Like I will share some of my perspective. I've also roped in another four. It's the only only episode of this whole series where two of the same type are in the are in the room together. So I'm excited to have um, the double four conversation as we go all four, all the way. Uh, I'm personally invested and excited for it, and hopefully, I know we have a large portion of our audience for whatever reason who identify as fours, even though even though they're supposedly like the rarest type in the universe or something. I don't know, <laughs> but there's a lot, there's a lot in our community. So we'll be talking to the four next time. Adam, thanks for being here, and y'all. Until we cast our next convo, our next Anya convo. See you next time.
1: Bye, Tom. Thank you.